Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good day to you, Colorado. Good evening, Europe. What the hell are you still doing up this late? Australia and China. Welcome to the Serbian Corner. It is a show in which two Serbians talk about the Nuggets for an extensive period of time every week. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code DNVR when you sign up. My name is Miroslav Cuk. I've spent the last week daydreaming about long boys lineups and I have a nasty headache from last night's office New Year's party, which sounds like a sequel to a Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston movie. And it kind of was. Oh, I can't believe I know I've watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem because I really love Jason Bateman. So I usually watch all of his movies and there are some real stinkers there. So oh, yeah. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm joined, and you've heard his voice already, as always, by a younger and a foot taller version of myself, calling from Lincoln, Nebraska. It's Voya Medic. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's cold here, but the Nuggets win streak is making it warmer. Any snow? Uh, yes, yes. A little bit, just Sorry. enough to make it make the driving annoying. Yeah, my, my kids are actually very disappointed because we still haven't had any snow. We had like one day of something similar to snow, nothing st- stuck, you know. So, yeah, it's still, they're really afraid that we will have no snow for the New Year's Eve. And that's, that's like kind of a big deal here. So, hopefully something will happen, but not too much. I don't want to shovel too much. It's, I'm, I'm past that, that period of, of life. Okay. This is the episode number 39 of Serbian Corner with recently established segments whose names will show you how a Serbian that has never been to Colorado, and that would be me, views the rectangle state on the Rocky Mountains. You can also expect some nuggets and general NBA trivia games and much, much more. And I don't think we need segments for this episode, though. We can just jam, you know, everything under one big mile-high positivity since there were a lot of nice things that happened to the Nuggets in these last three victories versus Hornets, Grizzlies, and last night versus the Blazers. My first positivity of the week will be Nikola Jokic's 40-27-10 game versus the Hornets. It was suboptimal that he had to deliver those numbers to barely win against the lousy Hornets. Mind I remind you that the Hornets right now are good enough only to win against the Lakers and nothing more than that. So that's that's kind of a stinker. 
But it was still a reminder game from Jokic, despite the fact that Nikola opened that game with a big number of uncharacteristic misses. He has had a lot of uh, visits to the three-point line uh, since the Hornets free were throw? willing to... Or three yeah, free, free, uh, yeah free, free throw, sorry, free throw. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Hornets were willing to give those up, so Nikola found, uh, wouldn't, you know, catch fire from, from the field, I guess. That was the idea. So a big thanks, also a big thanks to Hornets for breaking so many shots so Nikola could, you know, get 20 rebounds in the first half alone. So a record night was all but, but promised to him. What are your memories of this game? Do you do you find it more of a positive game or, or a negative? No, I think it was positive. I mean, I know it's, yeah, it's the Hornets, but again, they beat the Lakers, they beat the Kings recently too. Um they're not, I mean, they're not horrible, especially they're coming back from all the injuries. Um, I will say, for, as far as the the domination, like 40 points isn't like Jokic has been averaging. Like yesterday, he had 29. You know, it was, it's it's really strange, not strange. It's really awesome that he just kind of casually going going about getting 30s. Uh, the Memphis one was the only outlier with 13, but that was one of those like it's a wall to wall you know victory that they had. Um, the one really good thing there is um, how the Nuggets utilized the misses that Charlotte Hornets had. I led the 20 defensive rebounds from Jokic. Is I've I've said the you know, entire season I love when he gets defensive rebounds because they, they can basically make up a transition possession out of nothing just out of a regular you know regular rebound that he has because of his good outlet. So there's a lot of you know transition points that I like to see from that. Basically, transition points I like to see from that. And it did never it never really looked like they were in any danger. That's the thing is like they they have these games with like lesser opponents that it kind of looks like they're it's a slog and they're not really they're not really gonna do anything. But I never had any sense of this game is gonna be a loss. The the, the one big takeaway there is the, the Jamal really looked like he needed a break and ended up being like after the after the game that well the next game he didn't play. So it just did look like a little bit out of rhythm and just did his, I guess these legs and, you know, his, his conditioning wasn't there or whatever, just concentration. Um, so that's, that was like the big thing. And, and again, the, the, the dominating performance, it happens. Like he just has some of those. And when, when a guy has that type of performance, the other guys, you just relax a little bit more. You'd be like, Hey, he's have he has it tonight. Just pass him the ball and he, you know, he'll, and he'll, he'll do his business. So it wasn't, I, I, thought of as like a good especially like how demoralizing the lakers loss was this was like a really nice bounce back just like kind of gradually getting it up (laughs) you know it's funny because while we watch the games we also have these like like mini games we have you know if we are betting on something or even just some you know petty things like i really hope Jokic doesn't break his 50 percent and more you know from the field goal percentage (laughs) That he has like from the game one of this of this season so yeah it was interesting it was it was looking at at some point that he'll really really have a uh, an off shooting night and it really was comparing to what he usually delivers but i was i was glad to see that he was really uh you know pushing the envelope on this game he was he was uh ready for for the the challenge and he saw as you said jamal was was wasn't looking right he actually said after the game that the idea of that game was for him to play while hobbled so he can yeah. you know get used to 
things like that. I don't know how smart that is this early in the season, but what do I know? I mean, I, I, I've never been a you know a NBA professional, yeah. so I, I may be completely off on that on that uh, idea. How did you feel about uh, the the role players? I mean, if Aaron Gordon is is can be called a role player anymore? Yeah, he's a future All Star, Aaron Gordon. Um, I mean, he's again, he's he's transitioning into that like Jokic territory, as in we just don't even talk about him as much because we're like, oh yeah, that's Aaron Gordon game. Like he just does his thing, and we always kind of want to talk about this like more complicated, more interesting, in, interesting to talk about you know players. But we you know when we tend to forget basically the the you know similar reason why Jokic gets forgotten in the MVP race because it's like oh yeah yeah that's Jokic. And, and so I, I think they were all played decent, decently well. Like it was still, you know, obviously they still conceded 115 points, but that's not terrible. KCP and Bruce, like I, I love when they do, well, we, we can talk about that even later, especially in Memphis game. Like I love when they, uh, actually, especially in the Portland game, um, I love when they may, uh, use the, the, you know, and the defensive possessions to start running. They're so fast. Like I love how quick they are. And and they started like getting each other, and so in transition, like they know how they know when you know when to throw the alley oop, um, uh, throw throw the alley oop to another person, to the other guy. And so you've seen a lot of these Bruce throws to KCP, KCP throws to Bruce, and it's really cool. Like it's really cool. Um, I don't think Denver has had this fast of a player on like both of these positions uh, for Jokic to utilize in like those uh you know half transitions and. Uh, and fast break, so that that was really that was really cool. I think it's still uh, the Andrew Jordan still played. They had like, um, yeah. yeah, they had the uh, they had the bigger, I guess, bigger centers. I st- I'm still, again, I'm still on the on the on the Zeke Naji train for the for that second unit. I just, I, I'm not gonna repeat it. Like, I just don't like watching Andrew Jordan anyway. So, um, it, otherwise, like Bones is kind of in a weird funk um, with him and. Especially when he and Murray were like both off, then that second unit really looks bad. And that was the that was the game when the basically most of the most of the game that Jokic played and and the starters played. So it was not a lot to to discuss that way. Like I think it's going to be more interesting in the Memphis and Portland games to discuss the bench. Uh, as far as Charlotte is concerned, like that was like a routine. We're going to get this win and and like you know get bounce back and and. You know, get up for the next game. Next game is Memphis. Yeah, I I agree. Let's let's just transition to the Memphis game because my second positivity of the week is called "Dos Banda para la Cabeza," which can loosely be translated to English as the Headband Bros. Of course, I'm talking about Kenny P Dog and Bruce Almighty Brown, Kentavious Calvel Pope and. Bruce Brown. So those two have been playing awesome off of Nikola Jokic lately. I mean, throughout the season, really, but uh, uh, especially lately. But also, we've seen a lot of three-man action with both of these guys, with Nikola, when one of those guys, you know, steals the ball, move it to Jokic, and Jokic then finish it with assist to, to the other guy. But also, as you said, we've seen a lot of two-man game between Bruce and and KCP, where we could could have seen the, the lobs and and all the all the all the juicy stuff between them and when you add to those three my beautiful Kansas boy Christian B money and steamrolling Aaron G spot no that's too much okay so you get that starting lineup 
starting lineup that absolutely killed it against the Grizzlies. I really, really loved the starting lineup. Actually, the whole rotation on that game because Nuggets were shorthanded, no Jamal, no, no Michael Porter. So, first of all, yeah, Christian Brown in the starting lineup. And the second, second, maybe, maybe almost uh, as important, the, the inclusion of, of Zeke Naji, who played and played pretty well in this game. It, it was like, like Michael Malone was reading what the Nuggets Twitter was was saying yeah. <laughs> for the last couple of months and like let me give them one <laughs> so 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 they they hop off my back but I I really like the the size the length of that starting lineup we've seen even even without Michael Porter it was still it was still uh, uh, pretty big pretty 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 nice in in that game how how did you feel about about the defensive intensity we got to see in that game. It was great. I mean, it was the one of the one of the. I don't know if it was a rare game, but it was a good wall-to-wall win. Uh, Memphis got to maybe like eight points, nine points in the sec in the fourth. That was before Jokic get back to the game and all that. Um, I like the Zeke. So I, that's the thing is like I think Malone is well aware when you know when the matchups require Zeke and and when Jordan. It's just that. Those like middle ones when they're like maybe Zeke would be better, but if it's if he's on the if he's on the fence, he's probably gonna uh, probably gonna go with Jordan anyway. And this was like uh, it would be a nightmare if Jordan Jordan played against Memphis with that when with them having Brandon Clark and, and Triple J uh, because Stephen Adams was gonna play against Jokic anyway. And then so you have Triple J at some points if they go small ball again they. Gordon did a really good job to get him out of the game with foul trouble because he's a defensive monster right now. But Brandon Clark against Daniel Jordan is just my pers- would be my personal nightmare because I love Brandon Clark, and I would really hate it that, that he buries us. And he had some really good minutes, and he didn't play enough for them, I think, to even take advantage, especially when the Nuggets started doing zone. And he has this like he has this also nice floater. He's really energetic, and zone is really you know really susceptible to these like. Weird bounces that you know offensive players can take advantage and get offensive rebounds, and Brandon Clark also with the floater he can get in that middle. And Jokic is not the center that's gonna block like an empty, like a already. It's, he's not gonna meet the meet the shot at his apex and block it. He has to be like you know there there to body up and, and block that way. So Brandon Clark was would have been really good for for, for Memphis. So luckily he didn't play as much for the Nuggets. You know good enough for the Nuggets not to play. Um, and with Jordan, I just don't don't know how that would work because he's so much quicker. And then with Zeke, they opened out opened up that possibility of like they almost they were almost looking at each other in a mirror, kinda. Uh, and you had the opportunity to switch, and you know you had some had some nice like alley oops for Zeke. Like he was that was a good enough pair, you know, a good enough matchup on both ends to. Uh, to require him to play, and it, he played well, and he you know here in the minutes. I'm glad to see that because it would have been easily easy to like just fall into depression of like what else do I need to do? And he just stayed ready, and it looked good. And then he played another game uh, against the Blazers as well, and was was you know should be playing for now. Maybe like maybe against Phoenix he might not because Phoenix has like a couple of centers like big ones. Uh, but yeah, I was that was a really nice one, and we got to you know we got to shout out Bruce uh, uh, Christian Brown. And that that was also a trap game for him. Starting lineup, uh, he's gonna play. 
you know, he's going to guard like John Morant, which is like a, not an enviable task to do. And it could have been easy to, and it could have been easy to, um, to, you know, kind of fold in that matchup and then just end up not in the rotation. He really responded well. He was aggressive on offense, which was even great, you know, even better to see um, how he was reading reading the court with Jokic and just attacking it and, and using his, like, athleticism. Um, fast break as well, like dunking and stuff. So it was, that was a really nice – like, even though John Wright had 35 points and it was obviously great, the fact that he had to work for every, every one of those uh, was – was like my, you know, my my optimism for the future, like for the Nuggets as as a defensive, crunch time defensive team at least. Do you think that the the reason why Nuggets chose to play so much zone in this in this game was because Jamarant was was shooting really bad prior to that game? He actually shot pretty well in this game, like three or three of six from the three point line. Well, it's not just him. It's the whole team isn't that great in yeah. shooting. So that 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 was also a good adjustment for Malone um, because Bain is not there. If Bain was there, that's a different story. And and also, if Jaron Jackson Jr. isn't in foul trouble, that's also a little bit of a different story because he can make – he's not on a, a sharpshooter, but he can get hot. And I wouldn't want to see him against the zone just to be like completely wide open and, and get into those rhythm shots. Uh, but again, I gotta you know also shout out to Aaron Gordon for attacking Triple J, and and that's one of those things like you want. Um, it's kind of counterintuitive that you want to attack a shot blocker, especially that kind of like uh, he's he's a really good you know off health shot blocker just in in space and attacking him like physically. And that's how Gordon did is did he just made him foul him, and it, you know and Aaron is much stronger anyway. So he got you know got his fouls. Then you add up a bunch of fouls that a few fouls that Jaron Jackson does all the time, and just like you know knucklehead fouls. Then you add up on having four fouls really early, um, and then you eliminate him as a potential three point shooter, and you have Morant as your only you know Bill. He basically only one willing to shoot that much, and you just end up with you know Laravi is out of the rotation, so he's out. So you have Roddy and Conchar and Aldama. Like those are the guys like. If you're gonna choose, you rather choose those guys to beat you on a three-point line than you go man to man and allow John Moran just to go by everybody. Which again is it in this case, it wouldn't be like a fault of the Nuggets they couldn't stay in front of Ja. That's just Ja. Like you can't really stay much in front of him anyway. So I think that was a good good call to to play a little bit of zone there. Again, with Bain there is a difference. We'll you know we'll we'll have a chance to see that. It's a pretty much different story there. Were you happy with their? zone execution or do you think they maybe got a bit lucky in 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 some situations do you think they really nailed the zone so that's why that's why they they had so much uh, success against memphis i think they were i think they were uh, much better um this game in exec- in executing it i mean obviously you're going to you're going to allow some of these open shots just that's the nature of the zone but i think they they did a really better job in executing same same thing with with uh, with Portland they did similar similar you know similar style um, and there was a lot more communication thing from Jokic as well like they because obviously it's tricky in the NBA to play complete zone because of the three second defensive three seconds you have to have that like kind of like amoeba type like you have to have a guy that's you know always like one step out of the paint so it's not three seconds so there's got to be a lot of communication and I think that's that it worked. It wasn't just oh, they were just off. So yeah, 
do you want to answer? We have a question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Please, please answer this because I don't want to keep uh, fans in. Uh, in. Oh, uh, why, why the, why the Campazzo shirt? Well, yeah. uh, because he, because he's in Belgrade now and he's playing for Red Star Belgrade. It's, uh, it's my, it's my team. So I'm really excited to see him uh, tomorrow and then, and then next week against Barcelona. So yeah, I got to give a shout out to, to the El Mago. Yeah, it should be the, the, his his debut tomorrow against Borac from Chacak, legendary yeah. basketball city yeah. from Serbia. <laughs> to give you know, give Milan the ulcer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Milan, Milan's hometown. So yeah. we finally got to see in this game what uh, Kelvin Booth was trying to do this summer. And, mm-hmm. you know, all it was needed was for two of our three max contract guys to be out so we could actually see yeah. it. So... Uh, it's not really a knock on Jamal or Michael. They're both great players. But it is, in my opinion, a very serious message to them. What is the most important thing they need to work on when they are fully healthy and you know ready to go? And we can agree that what we saw last night against Portland, it's not that. It's not, it's not full, full form uh, from either of, either of those guys. But we really hope to, to see it at some point. So the same message should motivate Bones Highland as well, since yep. you know guys like Zeke, Vlatko, and even superhuman Jeff Green are all hungry and ready to compete when everybody else is on the top of their game. I mean, Jeff on the other on the other hand, he is the first yeah, guy to yeah. to to <laughs> to <laughs> disengage if you see that nobody around him is, is playing any any real defense. And don't forget that Denver, and I said this actually a couple of days ago on the Four Corners podcast with, with Ray and, and Peter. Uh, last year, Denver didn't have KCP. They didn't have Bruce Brown. They had Monte and Will in, in, their, play, in their places. They didn't have Jamal. They didn't have uh, Michael Porter. And they were still uh, 15th best defense in the league. That's not something to be, you know, uh, crazy about, but it's much, much better than what what we've seen this year. Yeah, but that's so, the, thing is the potential of that's probably the maximum of that defense, and the potential of this one is much higher. Even though they're I not agree. showing it, it's still improving. And Me- Memphis, I mean, every year, like Memphis does the same thing. Like, I'm not saying they they do this thing like that. They start the season, they are really bad at defense, and slowly but surely, they just end up in the top ten, like in the in the top half of the top half of the NBA while they're started like really poorly. And this is the same, you know, same thing this year. They're gradually going up again. It's a little, a little bit of different when it's triple J coming off the bench or coming off of injury. And he's the guy that you add to the defense than Michael Porter, but still it's, it's just a potential, like the potential of this is much higher. And the, the fact that you have flexibility as what we mentioned in the off season of you have this lineup. Now you can break open if you need to, like, you know, something's not going right and it's the second quarter and you're down by 15 to a team and you can be like, okay, let's just do this. Like, Jokic, you know, all four defenders and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You're already down by 15. It's not going to, like, repeating the same bad things are not going to, you know, change anything. So at least we have this as like, okay, we, we played against Memphis. And I hope to see, not maybe not exactly the same ones, but if, Jamal and Michael Porter are still like coming back of injuries, at least like rest him. Like, you know, that Charlotte game was, was also like, might've been, that might've been a spot to rest him 
rest Jamal as well, not just the Memphis game. And that was that's why I was a little bit worried even yesterday for the Blazers game when they're coming back so early or he coming back after like only a few days of rest and Michael Porter at the same time coming back off of like a month off, how that would look like and if that would change everything. And it, did, it didn't that much. I mean, their defense was decent enough yesterday even with them coming back, which proves our point of – we have we want to see Jokic a little bit more engaged, which he, which he was and and he is in the last like few, you know, few games. So that's the uh, that's I think like what what the potential for the for at least we we've seen it. That's the all, all before the Memphis game, we've just guessed that they can do it, and now we've seen that they can. You know, there's this crazy take I have brewing in me for last month or so. And I was afraid to 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 lay it out uh, in podcast because I don't want people to think that I'm completely insane. But when you see those high energy starting that that high energy starting five with with uh, Christian Brown, you can see that Jokic is really feeling much better, much much more engaged on defense because he can see that everybody else around him is doing their job. And uh, my idea. My crazy idea is to to start Jokic off of the bench in the first quarter. Just like put whoever, Zeke, DeAndre Jordan, I don't care. Put him for like like first three minutes of first quarter. Play the starters with, with a backup center. And then put Jokic in at the at the nine nine minute mark. So he can play the whole nine minutes to the to the end of first quarter and to play First half. A couple of a couple of the first quarter, first quarter. Uh-huh. So just just shift his minutes a bit, so he can play a bit more with the with the backups. I think that okay. w- works really well because if you have four guys who are primarily defenders and don't have the urge to to get the ball, then you get that that beautiful symmetric egalitarian offense around Nikola Jokic where nobody expects. To, to get the ball. So if you have guys like Jeff, like Christian, like wait, wait. You said you said him starting off the bench or him just Yes. Yes, yes. Just 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 not Jokic. to be Jokic, yes. Just not to be for the first three minutes of first quarter and possibly third quarter Why? as well. Yeah, just shift him a bit. So but you... give, <laughs> give more space to Jamal and Michael Porter yeah I thought you were saying take him out in the like you know earlier and then put him in with the bench. No, no 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 that's that's the thing I want to shift his minutes but it's something that will never happen in NBA it's just the theoretical also, shouldn't. Exercise what are you we're talking doing about the first three minutes they can just get blown off the court like this is it's this is like not possible maybe a little bit you know maybe crazier than your we we shouldn't have three point shots anymore. Like, like <laughs> Jesus, I thought like for a second I was like, because I didn't know what I was hearing. I thought you were saying, you know, playing for you know, get him out of the game like as a first sub, and then to put him in with Christian Brown. You know, you know that that European coaches like to do this. No, this is this is not. No, that, that is no. That, that don't even. That's not even close. Like, <laughs> there's no player. Like Jokic on the, on a European level, like as a best True. player of the team that is starting from the bench. Like, no way. Even like Sergio Rodriguez and was like some of these guys were not the best players on those teams. They would they would come in and like get some freshness in. But like this is next level in, insanity, man. Like what the <laughs> hell? Like this isn't like okay, 
you know, Steph is coming off the bench because he's getting hurt and it's the playoffs and let's not – we have all these guys. Like, this is just – oh, let's in the middle of a season just put Jokic on the bench for whatever. Like, that's uh, – your. I knew I needed to to draw out the rotation tables before I started with this take, and it's it's not easy to understand it, uh, you know, just just by talking. About but you're, it. it's you're, okay. But you're but you're like you, if you should pull them earlier, you are doing the same. You're doing the similar thing. You have you set up a tempo of the true. Team. You're doing this. You're doing the freaking stupid Utah stagger when they put Gobert in for to play against more minutes against the bench than the than the starters, and it's just. That's weak ass to me too. Like just putting like, oh, let's let's take out Jokic, put whatever Jordan for middle of the first quarter while while the other team plays their best players, and then we're gonna play Bones, Jokic, Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, and Jeff Green, and then against like Nick Richards and the guys from the Charlotte, and it's gonna be you win by twenty. Playoffs come around, and you not you not be able to do that. All of a sudden your Utah Jazz and losing in the first round and like and then we're asking ourselves how when we're winning so many you know regular season games like that's fair that that, that's... I agree with Malone you shouldn't that's the part of the rotation that like you should be playing like as you would play in the almost like a playoff game just a little bit extended minute you know extended rest minutes but I don't I mean dust you know people in the crowd are like I guess half agreeing with you they like put him like <laughs> I don't know. Just say, just like sit with yourself. At, say that Jokic is starting on the bench, and just think how crazy that is. It's just shifting of the minutes. It's it's something I would like to see in one game, just to see what happens. Thing is, we know how bad the the full full bench minutes are. We are trying to see if we can get some kind of staggers that will work well uh, in in several games in a row. Because we've had some good bench minutes and then some other horrible, and those those were kind of uh, um, you know going in cycles, one to one to another. The idea behind this was to have you know a very very good bench minutes and try to to give more uh, uh, to give more uh, seniority. To guys like Jamal and and Michael Porter and try to and Aaron Gordon and KCP, for instance, to try and and play play well for just three minutes spurts. It's not like it's not like I want to 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 completely. I know, but three minutes can just ruin the whole game. Like to, it's, to the bench, it's I, possible. I see, yes, I see someone as I said, like Curry was start, but if Jamal is playing on what what level Jordan Poole was playing last year, that would have been fine. That's fine. He, then he's one of the best players in the team and it's not a big deal if you don't have Jokic that much on it. But it's also a different style of play. Like that goal you can't compare to Golden State. Like it's a little bit, you know, much different lineups and style of play than, than the Nuggets in, in some res- in, in most respects. And this is just not nuts to me. I don't know, man. There's there's different ways to, to give seniority to Jamal and Michael Porter throughout the game than than like, okay, let's bench Jokic. Yeah, we we have to to talk about something, and and it's it's probably best to to talk about it when we when we come back to the uh, with the second uh, second part of the show, and talk about the Portland game. So before yep. that, uh, we want to to get a message from our friends from DraftKings Sportsbook. Yep. So this time of year, everyone's excited about the gifts. So tomorrow's Christmas. All the all the gifts are getting open here. Uh, but what about all the basketball when? You know, when when we throw down on the NBA action, it's got to be with DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, new customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So basically that's $5 on any team to win uh, before, you know, before the game, you get $150 in free bets um, if they, if they win. Plus everyone can con- combine multiple bets for a bigger payout with DraftKings same game parlays. So this is tomorrow. We have a bunch of Christmas games. You can c- combine a bunch of players, uh, some, you know, bunch of bets on the, on the same, I guess, ticket it's called here, or I don't know how it's called in America on the same, uh, same bet, I guess. And, you you know you win a bunch more money. The odds are combined, and and it's you know it can get interesting. So now it gets to play the Suns. You can bet you know Jokic owning them, and honestly, I would even wouldn't even be surprised if Jamal gets back. He's the he's the Sun killer, uh, so that would be interesting. And obviously, follow the uh, follow the app and see what the you know what the situation is with the spread, and and if Booker's playing or if he's not playing, that also will be a little bit of you know get a little bit of different. Uh, things going so uh, the app's really good i like i like the interface uh as i can't bet in nebraska but um i'm waiting i'm waiting for that to get uh, to get a uh, you know uh, started up in nebraska but maryland fa- sports fans uh can start betting on DraftKings sportsbook live in your state right now um uh, so ch- check it out if you live in maryland and download this app now and get it on the get in on the holiday hoop section sign up with code dmvr uh, at sign up and place a five dollar bet pregame uh, money line bet on any NBA team to win and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if you do. Only a DraftKings sportsbook with code DMVR at sign up. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for additional details. Oh wow! So apparently, uh, Voj Jeff Green broke his left hand and sprayed a finger. Oh, it God. would be reevaluated in a month. So that was that yesterday. I don't know if you remember against the Blazers. He had that. Uh, he was holding his hand a yeah, bunch. Yeah, yeah. So apparently yeah. broke his Frank broke his left hand. That sucks. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. not catastrophic, but like it's they, they they you know they manage those minutes without him, but like it sucks. It's, it sucks for him. He was in a really good good shape, and we finally had a full uh, fully healthy roster for for last for last yeah. Gods of basketball are are just just uh, fierce about this. Okay, so going to the Portland game also too. So Jeff Green fractured his left hand, sprained a finger, and will be around in a month. Man, that sucks. Yeah. One thing that's Blazers game. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that's interesting about the three games we had last week is that we had practically three different rosters because in the first game we had Jamal and no Michael Porter in the second game we had no Jamal no Michael Porter in the th- third game we got all of them so you can see the different dynamics from game to game and my third positivity will be that we got to see a pretty good game versus the Blazers even with the full roster so even without my beautiful Kansas boy Christian Brown who was cut out of the rotation and I kind of get why that happened so jamal and michael returned to the squad both of them had some really good and some really horrific moments i have to say namely porter's first half defense was was really bad and jamal's second quarter offensive performance where 
you you could just see that every every offensive possession is not not going anywhere it's like he, he's just wasting too much time and when he goes to the usually on the on the right wing the right uh, 45 percent you know 45 uh, degrees you know yeah, position yeah. on the on the three-point line usually just ends up you know in a really really tough contested uh pull-up shot and those didn't didn't go well i cannot stay mad at, at the you know porter who made sure his presence would be felt around the rim on offense he wasn't shooting you know as well as he usually can but he was playing really well near the rim he was catching rebounds he was finishing uh, at the rim which was uh, very uh, very uh, comforting uh, to me and jamal this you know double digit assists for the third third time this season which is pretty cool it uh, looks less and less like a fluke he well, yeah, really it's basically is. two games in a row for him with double digit assists yeah yeah, so he's really committed, you know, uh, into being a, a playmaker. And also, that was his third game this season with eight or more rebounds. He was the closest in his career uh, to the tri- to the triple double. No, I think he had triple doubles time. before. No, no, the, he didn't. Never. 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 Ne- well, that's Jamal right. He didn't because it was the first time it was Bruce that had. You know, Actually, had, yeah, Bruce yeah, had, yeah. and before Bruce, you know who who was the last non Jokic Nugget to have. The triple double before Bruce Iguodala, Iguodala, yes, yeah, in, yeah. in 2013. So yeah. it, it's a really long period of that's right. Of, that's right. Uh, it was, it was non, yeah, non Serbian, non Serbian Nuggets having triple doubles. <laughs> so yeah. thank you, Bruce Brown, for, for being breaking from that, being yeah. here. So, what are your main takeaways from the Portland games? From the game? Uh, that I, I like to bounce back in a second. It's kind of weird, like. But Jamal had the same similar type of uh, of first and second halves against Portland. First half was really interesting. Like it, 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 I, I maintain I love Nuggets when they're running more, especially when they have KCP and Bruce, and especially when it comes after misses when they take advantage in the second unit, just running and getting easy shots. So that happened when they were when they when they started getting the the bench minutes up, and they were up by thirteen, and it just kind of. When nowhere Bones is is really in a in a weird funk, like he's not making shots, but also defense is 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 just all over, you know, basically nowhere. Um, Zach Lowe, I think, had a had a stat line for him that he was some four hundred something, four hundred fiftieth or whatever, and basically worst in the league, like level defender, and that that also is discouraging. And then when he start you know stop making shots, Jamal was also like very for just how it looked like to me, like a little nonchalant. Um, some of the shots they was making weren't didn't look like they were in rhythm. Like they had so many urgency, they were just kind of like shooting. They're there. He had he had decent amount of assists still, uh, but just that was that was bad. And it just kind of went into a funk. And then in the first unit just started letting hemorrhaging some points. And it looked at one point I, I tweeted out like, oh, this looks like the, both teams are going to have hundred points in the paint. They were just could not stop each other. Like even Nuggets were going wasn't just Jokic in the paint. It was just other guys who were going through and just laying it up and dunking. And, but then the second, the third quarter was really encouraging that it's because it wasn't that Jokic or KCP or Gordon, the guys that already were playing before the, before uh, turned it around. They were like, okay, give me the ball. It was actually the guys coming back and they weren't great in the first half that they flipped it. So it was, 
Porter that scored 12, 11 points out of his 18 in the third. Jamal, 12 out of his 25 in the third. And especially Porter had this little sequence before Denon's basically the coming out of the half. He had that sequence when they flipped it over was he had a, he had a putback. Gordon had a really tough shot missed MPJ got the ball, you know, basically like bodied someone, I think Lillard or someone got the ball, had a layup. Then he had a weird and one when he just kind of sluggishly went through the defense. It's kind of like Jokic style, just flipped it up, got fouled, fell down, got fouled, um, you know, got a, got an M one, and then he had a really nice in rhythm three, and that kind of just got the got the team, and then Jamal kind of got his got into his Murray flurry as well, and it was just Jokic was just there to like puppeteer. He wasn't he didn't need to go all Hulk mode. Um, it was these guys like you know were, were were you know getting the team going, and Jokic was just kind of there to be the baseline, and then on defense as well, they kind of got more like involved. There's a lot of nice doubles from um, some some nice doubles from KCP and Brown. I really liked. Anthony Simons didn't get hot. He was six of twenty. Uh, that was really great for for our guards uh, to you know to do that. And that's that's my biggest one. That that, that was Michael Porter and Jamal that got the team going. We have this interesting take from Ray in, in the chat saying that triple double Murray does more for Denver winning a championship than gunning for for 40. Do you agree with this take? Well, basically, I mean, because you're just gunning for 40 is just points, right? And, and with the with you adding Jokic that always has his number of assists, you add Murray's assists, meaning there's more distribution around. And then his, def- his rebounding means a lot more cleanup on, on defense. Again, it's just... You can have everyone else can have a bad game and Jamal can have a triple double and still wouldn't mean anything. So it's in like a game like yesterday when both of them are really close to a triple double. That's when you have a good game. Do you, do you hear Carl R maybe in the background? Yeah, yeah, Damn. I do. Oh, that's stuff. <laughs> uh, that's why I was, I was hoping you would talk. I, I hope it's. I, I hope it's stuff. not your car. No, no, it's not. It's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, those I like that. I like that take just as a as an idea of of like if you if everyone else is playing like everyone else is playing and then Jamal adds his assists and being close to triple double that then makes a lot more sense. Yes. What do you think? Well, here's the thing about it. I kind of feel because Jamal is playing really slow, which I can see being more more useful for the Nuggets in the playoffs than in regular season because in regular season, especially if you're playing at home at the altitude, you should be you should be trying to to run the other team off the court with with a high tempo. But it's just I don't know I don't know how to connect the two things between Jamal being in a playmaking mode. On, on one side and on the other side not playing faster I, I maybe he thinks that if he's playing slow slower that the things will get more naturally to him uh, being being a, a real point guard in a, in a Jokic lineup I, I'm I'm trying to figure that that stuff up because two years ago or three years ago when when the bubble was was there it's not two years, it's two and a half years ago. It's it's almost two yeah, yeah. It yeah, was two and actually a half. exactly yeah. it's closer than we think, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two and a half. So he was he was 
Nuggets second best player maybe you can even call him a, a 1B player in that in that bubble run because he was scoring so many points it's really it's really interesting to think if to think if if you can get more out of his 10 assists than than from his 40 40 points it's an it's an interesting uh, conundrum it's yeah something... it's a different it's obviously a different a little bit of a different team as well uh yeah exactly. just these got you know with you have you know case kcp you know if he's he's a potent shooter so you add a couple of assists there too and jamal, jamal just passes out of a pick and roll and it's not just Jokic. you know it's again it it's i always you know, balance is always the key anyway and the the point that you made about him playing a little slower i could see it just He's not just in the same shape as he was in the bubble. Like that bubble run, he was a Superman. Like that's what what I think like unlocks. That's the point. That's what happened to Jokic. Like that's the point of why why it needs why people need to be in shape for for these type of you know. I mean, not you know they're in shape, but like to be in like the peak level shape is to unlock a lot of these things. Like Jokic got unlocked when he it was undeniable that he had talent. But then you had, you know, when you get tired, your focus drops, like all, like stuff that Jamal is was facing, like that. For for example, that Knicks game at the end, like he just was tired enough that he could not pull pull through and, and win that game. And for the, you know, for the difference of a bubble, when he was really in like peak physical shape, so all of this stuff was unlocked. Like he was in rhythm for shots. He he could attack and you know shoot off the dribble in the same game like without problems and shoot like fifteen threes and not have a not be tired to like drive down the hoop. So I think right now he's, he's still finding that shape as well. And then, you know, basically slow, you know, and slowing it down, it's much easier for your body that way too. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's, it's confidence too, like, you know, being confident to get past the guy, he's still not quick enough to go past Nurkic, for example. And some of these guys like that much, he can get past him, but it's not a, as smooth as you would, you would hope. Um, so we'll see again. I like that he's in in the meantime. While well, he can score fifty, um, that you know, or forty that easily, that he has this like playmaking ability. That's the point. Because if he was just doing the stuff that he was doing before the injury and have like three or four assists a game, and just shooting twenty shots a game and not making, then it would be really more detrimental. That's why the Charlotte game can be won when he has two of eleven, but he also has eleven assists. That that kind of makes up a lot of the stuff that we. You know, it players change like it's they're they mature, they're different, you know, but different injuries affect them differently. So, I just like to see that there's evolution in in that aspect anyway. Like, I, I really like that take about him taking a next step, uh, uh, as a playmaker to, to use the time while he is still kind of rehabbing and putting himself mm-hmm. into, the, to, into the right shape now. I want to spend a couple of minutes on on Aaron Gordon and his case for the All-Star game. Nuggets are number one seed in the West, and that's something that didn't happen for the last three three years or something like that, I think. So it's it's reasonable to think that Nuggets have a case for two All-Star players. I mean... It's more than reasonable, yeah. Yeah, probably... I don't think... Aaron Gordon will be selected right away, but he should definitely well, be. Well, yeah, he's not a starter because you would have Zion. Yeah, sure, probably. sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, by the coaches, when the coaches start selecting players for the bench, I mean, they might just say, "Listen, guys, we need to to have two guys from the number one seed." It only makes sense. But in case they didn't, they don't 
he would still probably be among the top, you know, injury replacements that that we usually get every year for for the All Star game. But just like, think about like it, like Anthony who's, Davis, who's, for instance, if he yeah, doesn't who's play, his, who's his competition? Um, you like Davis is her who knows if he'll be like even even if he comes back, you know, in healthy before the break, like he maybe get voted in at some points, but they're not completely voted in uh, to be a starter. Because he was playing at a you know starter level, that's that's just a you know that's just a thing. He would have been Davis, LeBron, and Jokic. I kind of think both of those guys are going to be starters. <laughs> Davis and LeBron. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Let's let's just say. I mean, he's hurt and he won't. You know, and he's not eligible at all, which is a very possibility. You have also Kawhi and Paul George. Same same situation. Like Gordon, maybe not a flashy pick, but. When you think about it, what happened last year with Wiggins, same sim situation. There was not really much of a choice. Um, and you obviously had a lot of votes, you know, Warriors fans and stuff for to be a starter, but to be just a, a you know bench all star for for uh, for Gordon, I mean I don't I don't see why not. Especially even if they're second seed. Like you have you would probably gonna have two all stars from maybe well, actually, I don't know if CJ, CJ, but like you have at least Zion is going to probably be a starter at this point. How how this how this is, how it look how it's looking like in Memphis, you know, Bain if he has to has to come back and really light it up and continue what he was doing before getting hurt to even be considered because of my bunch of missed games. And then you have Nuggets. Those are your top three teams. I mean, why not? Why not have two? Like if and then you have Phoenix. Like you have only a Booker. As a as a you know as a as a guard even and if, what forwards you have, Warriors will not have forwards, Lakers will probably have AD even you know, if, whatever if he's in the bench or starter, LeBron those are two like Clippers, like maybe I mean not definitely not starters maybe they'll vote him like, as in like you know old school stuff but like if if he if he's not an all star if he continues playing like he is and he's not an all star we it's on the borderline of of a robbery that he's not an all star. So I agree with that. We're at that point. Like it's not optimistic to, to call him like we want him as our as fans of the Nuggets. It's just his. Like who have, who of all the forwards has contributed more um, as a second you know, as a second option to a team than 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 you know than uh, than he has. I don't know if they put you Luca on forward or not. I think he's a guard, but that's he'll be a guard. He'll yeah. be a guard. Luca will be a guard. Yeah, I agree with that. I think. Uh, Aaron's case for the All-Star is stronger than any other second Nugget star in previous yeah. seasons, for sure. Especially, you know, even in those good seasons Jamal had, he's still a guard. He, he still has a problem. But he didn't have that many good seasons to be, like, even considered. That's the thing. Like, he, he his best chance was the ACL before the ACL injury. And he yeah. wasn't – he didn't show up for the, for the first, like, 15 games of the season. So, this is the closest – Jokic and Nuggets player has been to an All-Star game. So, don't forget to vote every day. Actually, on Christmas Day, tomorrow, your vote will be counted as three votes. So, please don't forget to vote for Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic, both on the NBA app on your Android or iPhone, or and also on the NBA.com uh, internet site. Okay, before we, we finish this Christmas Eve edition of uh, Nuggets uh, of uh, Serbian Corner, I want to to make a short Miroslav's conundrum, which is about 
power ranking Nuggets players Miroslav enjoys watching the most. So this is not a hater's ball. First of all, I want to explain this. <clears throat> I want to show you how low on the list some of my favorite players are before I love almost all of the players on the Nuggets roster. So just a couple of uh, notes. First of all, Jokic and Vlatko are not a part of this exercise because they're my boys. So there is no way I would rank them outside of top two. And I, I understand that's not the proper way to do this exercise. So we'll just put those guys aside. We'll put the two-way guys aside as well because they haven't really played any, any real minutes this year. So let's start with the list. At number 12, DeAndre Jordan. So first of all, <clears throat> I think... I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think. I am really pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed the Andre Jordan comparing experience comparing to what I expected, you know, that the moment we, we found out he was signed in the free agency at the, at the sixth second of free agency this summer. And yes, I agree that he probably shouldn't play a lot of games uh, yeah, in the, uh, for the rest of this season, but you know, from time to time, when when the injuries come, he is a useful guy. Michael Malone like likes to have a, a real center, and we know he actually plays better, uh, bigger with the with the second unit. It's just that DeAndre Jordan is probably not not the best solution for this season, and in fact, any of the last like five five seasons of NBA. At the number eleven, Ish Smith. So right now we get to a guy I really like. Problem is he hasn't played a lot in in that part of season when I thought he could play more. He was injured, so Ish is now deep uh, deep uh, in the in the bench out of the rotation. But if he plays more, he might climb on this list higher. At number ten, Davon Reed. Similar thing. I like Davon. I have nothing bad to say about Davon. He was. Actually, you remember I was harping the Nuggets because they didn't sign him to a real deal before last year's playoffs, uh, so he couldn't participate in the playoffs. I, I, I kind of uh, felt that they had better chance against yeah. the Warriors with him. But if Damon Reed is the reason why Christian Brown is not playing, that's that's not cool for me. So this is why I have Damon kind of low on the list here at number nine. Jamal Murray, yeah, yeah, that's that sounds like a hater's pick, but you will see everybody above him really had uh, uh, some uh, enjoyable moments uh, of watching for me in in this season. Jamal has had some uh, some real highs, some real lows, and hopefully we'll get more of the 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 first ones soon. At number eight, Michael Porter Jr. He would be higher on this list for sure if he wasn't uh, injured for the 12 games before. It's a weird like list. Last, last one. Yeah, I know, but well, you it's will a weird see. It's, like, it's a weird criteria list. You say, like, would, would the players you like watching? And you're like, I like watching him, but he wasn't there, so he's eight. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. I cannot enjoy something I cannot watch. So I Fair have to, to, right. to go far to the to the past to remember the nice things i remember from them at number seven zeke naji so zeke yeah he is a, 
he he would maybe be even even higher on this list if he was able to play more but every time he was playing this season i kind of felt like that's that's the thing we need to do that's that's what i want to see more of and hopefully these last two two games uh are showing us that we can expect more of Zeke Nagy. on the other hand we had christian brown starting against <laughs> yeah against memphis and then completely out of rotation next time so we'll see at number six bones highland so bones highland actually he he was in a pretty bad shape recently would you agree with that i mean i don't know if you can call it shape he wasn't playing great defense before either but at least he was making uh, shots at, at the higher rate what do you think is is he in a slump or is it just random? Well, I mean, it's it just looks like it's a slump. I don't know. I just the point with him is like if he's not making a lot of shots, then he should be you know should be having a lot of assists and and like at least playing defense. That's the problem. Is if the shots can't be the only thing he brings. Same thing we talked about MPJ. When MPJ shot isn't falling. It looks like his he's lost out there and just bad. And so with bones, it's a little bit of, you know, he has a lot of responsibility. It's not, it's just, it's a tricky situation to be in. He's not really surrounded by, you know, his center is not boogie like last year. And, and I can see it. I, you know, I can see a little bit of a slump recently, again, just not making shots and kind of, you know, still finishing at the rim. And I think also like, like the nuggets, I think, um, it should come from like the effort on defense. Every every that freshness that that we see in some plays come from come from the defensive end, which I believe is like the key to any championship. Just you start from there because um, it can get them. You know, you can score as many as you want, but you if guys are scoring on you all the time and you don't have response to that, that's really could be demoralizing. And it's kind of what's a little bit. I think what's happening is just getting. He singled out a lot more than he than he probably thought that that would happen. So it's a little bit of you know that way. So yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's let's finish off the list just to see who are my top five, and then you can you can try and fix my list if you have <laughs> right. a, a big big amount. Well, it's your, it's a subjective list, and it's not. Yeah. Of course, it. I agree. Yeah. So Jeff, number you know. five, Jeff Green. <laughs> I, I just love me some dunking uncle yeah, <laughs> or, or, or stroking uncle as we've seen we've heard him being called. So Jeff Green, really impressive, uh, especially you know you get that caveat for LeBron James like nobody in history have done this and that at the age of thirty eight. So it's a similar kind of caveat for for Jeff Green as well. But in, in all seriousness. I really liked his uh, his uh, uh, him being locked locked in more recently, and uh, I think he's a really really useful guy. And of course, how can you beat his dunks? Yeah, you know, just, on those, the list of, of nuts, enjoyable yeah. things to watch. Yep. So I just realized how crazy it is to have Michael Porter so low when he's with his amazing trees and everything. But yeah, recency bias, I guess. Okay, Number four. four. Christian Brown, my beautiful Kansas boy, right. Christian Brown. I'm really enjoying every minute of him. Even when he gets swatted at the rim, I still enjoy those minutes because I, I tell to myself, this time next year, this is going to be a dunk. 
So yeah, hope, let, let's hope yeah. so at least. Sure. <laughs> but but the defensive intensity, the the it's just the technique. Technique, I think he's really really solid. He has really good fundamentals. I really like it. At number three, Bruce Brown. I'm I'm kind of surprised he's this low on the list because it's probably because he was kind of having a bit of worse games recently before the, these last three. But you know what? I don't think it was his uh, his uh, issue, really. I think it was the, the issue of the lineups more than his uh, worst play than, mm -hmm. than at the beginning of the season. And all of those dunks, I'm really impressed with his dunks recently. He, he had, in this Portland game, I think he had a dunk from like, it wasn't a free throw dunk, but it was like like three feet inside of of free throw free throw line. It was yeah. really really yeah. impressive from Bruce. At number two, KCP, and you can of course guess that number one is Ser Serbian cert certified player Aaron Gordon. So these two guys, I'm I'm really impressed with the KCP. I have to say this because. I, I always knew that he's a good shooter. I always knew he's a good defender, but I really didn't get how good he really is. It you know when when you saw him playing next to LeBron in in the bubble, you know everybody should look better next to LeBron, and you can you can think yeah he is a good defender, a good enough defender, so so he made sense in that on that team. But he was he really was I think the third best player. Uh, on the Lakers that won a championship, so that's not a small, not a small thing. And also, of course, Aaron Gordon, our yeah. future all-star. Playoff Rondo has something to say, but okay. I don't know. He wasn't as consistent at KCP. I think he had his moments for sure, especially against the Nuggets. But I don't think Rondo was as as consistent as KCP. But I might be wrong. So, what would you say? At least let's let's say let's do top five from you. Who would be your for me and players? just not okay, not including um yeah, not without Jokic, without definitely Gordon, definitely Bruce Brown, KCP, those three, and I mean it's gonna it's just gonna be a boring list, but it's Jamal and MPJ too. I still like to watch them play. Like it's uh, Christian Brown is great. I'll you know love the all the little things and stuff, but I would want to watch them him entire time. Like with, with Jamal and MPJ, there's a lot more room to be room to be beautiful and i still remember the bubble how good that was so i'm not and jamal and mpj just when he gets hot like that's just that's just pretty as hell so that's the five lineup and i would have Jokic on there okay we will not waste a single second of your lives people enjoy the uh, the, the christmas eve enjoy christmas tomorrow i hope you will have great great uh Winter holidays with your families and your friends. Uh, stay healthy, stay uh, happy, stay positive. Let's enjoy a win against the Phoenix. By the way, you expect the win against Phoenix, right? Yes. Are they really that bad right now? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, especially Booker's not playing the last few, so like last couple. But yeah, they're they're not they're not a little bit of a hump. Like they needed fifty eight from him to beat Pelicans last weekend. I think it was the last. Yeah, it was last weekend. So it's not not great. I mean, Memphis really smacked them like really bad. So again, they're they have like it's the NBA. So tur turnaround is like again, we lost the Lakers, then we beat the Hornets, and Hornets beat the Lakers. So it's all over the place. But if Booker's playing, he's still gonna be 
you know, coming out of, uh, you know, an injury and it's a, it's one of those, I think it's a hamstring again or a thigh. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Not, not that it, it, they're going to always be a problem, but I think Nuggets can handle them like they handle the Blazers. Okay, good. So for all the true fanatics that stuck with us all the way to this sentence, thank you for being awesome and go Nuggets. Either more Nuggets.